set. Go! You are now listening to The XFL Files. Quarantine life. The XFL season is canceled. The season is over. Our hearts are broken. But we're still going strong. Two of the guys are here. I'm Henry Schleiser, alongside Spencer Gustafson. Spencer, how are you doing today? Doing good. Missing the other three guys, but we're still going strong, <laughs> going ahead with it, even though quarantine life is just containing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, obviously the XFL season was cut short. Uh, very successful first season. I guess we can look back and say the league has confirmed they're coming back next year. So that, thank we God. More, we have a lot more XFL football to get excited for, but... Recently, what has started is XFL, not XFL, NFL free agency. And the No Fun League, to be specific. Exactly. The No Fun League, as we called it. But in hindsight, uh, the, the goal for most pro ballers. And, you know, you look at NFL free agency, and a big thing that the XFL was kind of preaching is they were going to help players get to the NFL. They were going to try to help players get to that next milestone of their careers. Yeah. And, in the, in the last two weeks of free agency, I mean, team, NFL teams have wasted no time going in and picking players away from the XFL. So I it's it's been kind of a wild two weeks. I mean, obviously, the XFL has seen a lot of their stars go to the NFL, mm-hmm. teams that they have really, really good shots at making. But there have also been a lot – there have also been a lot of guys who haven't been unsigned, who haven't gone signed, who should be signed soon. Absolutely. But, but Spencer, one guy who I want to highlight is obviously my guy PJ Walker, former MVP PJ, of course. As as you know, um, Walker signed a deal with the Panthers a few days ago. Agreed on a two two year contract. Reunited with his college coach at Temple, Matt Rule. Mm. And Spencer, th- what this signing just says to me is this is a signing that I think has gone very under the radar just in the NFL. Yeah, the Panthers went out and got Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not saying that MVPJ is going to go in and steal the starting job. No, that would be unrealistic to say. And and I might be in the minority, but I think I think with Rule, I think I think Walker has a little. I think he has a shot. I think he has a shot to go in and shock a lot of people like he did this year. I mean, Andrew Luck speaks super highly of Walker from his time with the Colts. He obviously lit it up with the Roughnecks in, in Houston this year. I I just want to see what you're thinking. Like, I don't think it's unrealistic to think he'll go in and light up training camp. Yeah, you know what so I'm- what I think about uh, P.J. Walker signing with the Panthers, especially right after they just signed Teddy Bridgewater, I think Matt Rule has this idea in his head that they might do a little platoon job over there in Carolina. They might – have Teddy in there for those, you know, those big bomb plays that you need, a, like a good passing quarterback. And then when you need an electric play to happen, you need a little spark in the offense. I think they're going to turn it over to P.J. Walker because he clearly knows how to read a defense. And he's got that elusive talent that a few quarterbacks in the league have. And I really think he could be a weapon for Carolina. You know, I totally agree. But the funny thing is, is – it took a little while for him to sign a deal. It took a few days. And I'm a little surprised he didn't garner more interest around the league. I mean, obviously, 
you know I'm a Chicago Bears fan, mm. and we have a little bit of a quarterback controversy going on, and obviously we made a trade of our own, got another guy. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking, I would love it if Ryan Pace would go out and sign P.J. Walker. And so the, yeah. to do it, but he was a guy who you could throw in the mix and he could make things interesting. Cause I, I would say if, if there was a quarterback competition between Mitch Trubisky and PJ Walker, Walker would win it. Taking PJ Walker every time in that. But I think when you're saying that it took a little while for him to get signed, I think it's because the XFL is pretty much uncharted territory right now. We really don't know how the competition level matches up to NFL play. Because one, you really can't judge it because they're two completely different leagues. And two, it's the, this is really the first of its kind where these guys are coming over from an alternate football league over into the quote-unquote highest-ranked professional league. So it's, it's kind of hard to garner how good the talent really is, but I really do have high hopes for P.J. Walker next season especially. And you're absolutely right, but – Kind of moving on from P.J. Walker and back to the Roughnecks, the best receiver in the XFL this year, Cam Phillips, who scored nine touchdowns in five games, absolutely lit up the league. He He's still unsigned. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to be without a job for too much longer. I think oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree, but just kind of looking at the Roughnecks, obviously um, Phillips hasn't been signed yet. But I'm going to assume that he will get picked up very soon and he'll have a job in the next week or so. Yeah. But the, the thing, the interesting thing about me and, I, and Spencer, you, you are a New York Guardians fan. And the interesting thing that I was looking at is the Guardians lost their, their top two defensive backs. They yes. lost DB1 yeah. and DB2 and Drayvon Askew Henry and Tyree Canal. And they, I ask you, Henry went to the Giants. And I think Canal was signed by the Steelers a few days ago. Yes. And so I – and I mean, same for the Roughnecks, too. The Roughnecks have gotten absolutely picked apart by the NFL, but we'll get to them shortly. I, how do you think the Guardians are going to adapt, and how do you think they're going to reload? Because obviously those are two big losses in the secondary. Yeah, obviously top, uh, two of the top defender, defensive backs in the league, I think, but – um, oh, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially with uh, Canal. That, w- that was pretty rough. But I think what the Guardians are going to do and what a lot of teams are going to do is they're going to start going young. They're going to college players. They're going young, and they're going to start stacking up on these young guys who are kind of like the just off of the cut for the NFL draft. These are the guys that are going to really translate well into the XFL. So coming next season, I can expect the Guardians at least to draft some pretty decent defensive backs along with we, they just need uh, help on offense. The offensive line, uh, a quarterback would be really nice, and receivers are definitely up there. But the loss of those two guys is definitely huge for them. You mentioned the offensive line, and obviously your O-line struggled, but you did have one guy who was one of the best offensive tackles in the league, and that was Jerron Jones. And now – Jones was also picked up by the Steelers a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And that that obviously that's a big hole there that's left unfilled currently. But then you guys also lost Kayvon Walker, who is the XFL sack leader. Mm-hmm. And I 
the Guardians still have a lot of they still have a lot of good pieces right now. Yeah, but losing guys of that magnitude certainly hurts. So they've got some positions in the secondary to fill. Obviously, the offensive and defensive lines are losing some guys. But moving over down to the opposite conference, down over to the West, the Roughnecks have not lost a game in XFL history, in new XFL history. The Roughnecks have never lost a game, but Spencer, I wholeheartedly think that's going to change very soon once the season starts next year because, holy God, they got picked apart. They lost P.J. Walker, Dietrich Nichols, uh, who else did we Demarcus Gates. They're going to lose Cam Phillips. They're going to lose Cam Phillips. And then Edmund Robinson was signed today by the Falcons. So, it, I mean, that's – they lost two of their starting linebackers. They lost their, their number one defensive back. They lost their quarterback. And they're going to lose their wide receiver one. Not only that's, did they lose their quarterback, they lost the MVP of the XFL. That's – no, yes. I mean, so they're – that's – not good and not something you like to see. Obviously, it's good because all these guys, you know, got to showcase what they could do. They're going to the NFL. But from a team standpoint, that is, this is – it's not good for the Roughnecks. And it's not good for June Jones. And I, I'm interested to see how they try to patch this up. But going into next year, my – right now, my expectations for Houston – I don't really know what to expect. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, you look at you look at all these other teams. I mean, you look at our, I mean, our top contender, arguably in the entire league, is the Battlehawks. Battlehawks are filthy. And the back, the Battlehawks, they obviously they lost Jordan Tiamu to the Chiefs. Yes, but that's it. They lost one guy. I mean, we lost guys in almost every facet. Of the defense, we're going to lose a ton of guys on offense. That's also a credit to and, your team, though, because they're getting picked up is, by the no-fun league, even though, you know, it's the lesser league. <laughs> but the, it, it well, should be the highest compliment for it is. the Roughnecks being picked apart by the NFL. It is, but at the same time, I don't know what to expect. And from kind of from an out, from taking my, my Houston Roughnecks goggles off, and obviously, Spencer, you don't have the Roughnecks goggles. I, what do you, how do you think the Roughnecks are going to adapt? And how do you think they're going to fare next year? Because I think the competition in the league next year is going to be a lot tighter. And it's not going to be as yes, I agree. and open I as agree it was with that. this year. So what I can expect from the Roughnecks is basically what I can expect from every other team going forward. It's... Like you said, the the level of play is going to be pretty tight because the offenses are going to get a feel for what works, what doesn't, all that stuff. But I expect the XFL to be very year-to-year, very Mm year-to-year because uh, like we just saw this year, the NFL is going to be looking for guys that that can really play. And those standout guys that you love for a season are probably going to be gone the next. That's just the reality of the situation. So I really think it's going to be this year-to-year thing where a new star pops up on every team, and then that star moves on, and then the next guy comes in to fill his shoes. So depending on how everyone handles their offseason and how they attack free agency or the draft or anything like that, it's really just going to come down to whose year is it and whose year is it not, you know? 
No, I agree. And, you know, I think that's that's something that obviously we talked about all year from the start of the season to pretty much now. I mean, we're still talking about it is how the variety of the XFL has been so good yeah. and so strong. And obviously this isn't a shock that guys are going to the NFL. No. I mean, Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon made it known that the point of this league was to try out new things, to make the game safer, make the game faster, and to ultimately help their players reach that next level in their careers. Absolutely. So it is some, it's something that, and, and you just mentioned it, I think it's something good about the XFL because there's going to be new stars funneling in and out every year. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, it's an appeal of the league, and I think that's a big reason why we kind of fell in love with the league. But you look at these guys who are signing with teams. And the interesting thing is that's kind of pointed out to me is, you know, Spencer, when you're looking at, you know, free agent signings, you can kind of look at a team and be like, okay, does this guy have a realistic shot to make the team? Does he have a realistic shot to get playing time? Does he have a chance to start and contribute? Mm -hmm. Or is he kind of just a guy who's going to be training camp competition, but ultimately is going to go unsigned? I'm looking at a lot of these like these these guys, these XFL guys who have gotten signed recently, and I I think a lot of these guys have really good shots, not only to just make the team. I think they can play. Not only just make their respective teams, but to to play and to contribute. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, you like looking just looking at like at defensive backs, defensive backs entirely. Dietrich Nichols, Askew Henry, Canal. You look at these Kayvon guys who are all going to teams. Kayvon Walker. I mean, I mean, you look at all these guys who, on the defensive side of the ball specifically so far, and they're all going to teams like Dietrich Nichols. The Saints need – they need a slot DB. Um, the Giants, obviously, have a lot of holes in their secondary. Askew Henry could possibly fill – Yeah, he's a really good fit for that team right now. Same with same with Canell and the Steelers. The Steelers have a good secondary, but they just lost Artie Burns, and they've kind of had a revolving door at their DB three spot yeah. and rotating in the secondary. So Canell's another guy who could step in and contribute right away. I mean, Kayvon Walker. The Steelers just lost Javon Hargrave in the middle of their defense. Walker obviously was a force in the XFL, so he's going to have a chance to kind of prove his worth. And I think with TJ Watt. And Bud Dupree and that Steelers team. They could defense. look really, really good next season as a contender, that Steelers team. I mean, you're looking at the Steelers defense last year. They had one of the best units in the NFL. And Walker, I think, has the chance. I think Walker specifically fell into the perfect situation. He goes into Pittsburgh on a star stud defense, a defense that was very, very good last year, had a ton of takeaways, got to the quarterback like no other. He's going to be able to – he's going to see tons of one-on-one situations because of Dupree and Watt coming off the edges. Uh, so this is a perfect situation for Walker where he can step in and immediately I – think, I think the guy could start right off the bat. I think he could go into training camp and by the – when things are all said and done, not only do I think he'll be competing for that starting job in the middle of the defense, I think he will be the starter. Absolutely. So it is – and – Going to the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you look at you look at Donald Parham from the Dallas Renegades who recently signed with the Chargers. Parham was 
I think Parham was probably the best tight end in the XFL. I mean, I think he had the most reception touchdowns among tight ends. I think he had the most yards, too. But he was a dynamic weapon, and he was one of those guys who wasn't really known out of college, played at, played mid-major ball, and now he's going to a team where... They needed a tight end. The Chargers, I, yes, they have Hunter Henry, but the Chargers love to run two tight yeah. end sets. But Parham's going to have opportunity to play. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on that. You're working, so it, it's definitely something that is very, very good seeing these players that they're actually they're, – they're not just like – they're not just bodies being brought in for training camp. They're actual guys who are viewed – Even Jordan Teamu, I could see him as being a guy that – I don't know if Andy Reid is going to be willing to do it, but if they throw a wildcat in there, I could imagine he's going to be an RPO type of guy. You know what I mean? Because he could still I, run it, and Andy Reid likes mean, to yeah, run that type of offense. I mean, and I mean, look. Obviously, obviously, you got Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Who's that? I mean, he's obviously we know, <laughs> <laughs> but like we obviously know Pat Mahomes isn't losing no. that job. He's the he's the best player in the NFL. But you think we saw what happened last year? Mahomes went down, and Matt Moore stepped in with the Chiefs and played very very well. So you see the value of having a a good backup quarterback. So what happens this year? And Matt Moore, I don't, I'm not sure if he signed this year. I don't think he is. But you look at, let's just say, Pat Mahomes tweaks an ankle. He's out for a week or two. There's value in the, in a having it's a, a very a good backup quarterback. quarterback for you. And and uh, could Jordan Tamu step in and keep you guys afloat and win? Absolutely, 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 absolutely. And the only and. Tiamu was an interesting prospect coming out of Ole Miss because, remember, he only had one year of starting mm-hmm. experience. So he didn't have a ton of – he didn't actually play a lot of football in college. So the XFL obviously got him, got him that much-needed experience, but you're looking and he's a guy – I mean, he's a guy who I think – I don't know how long he'll be in Kansas City because I think he's a guy who – teams might look at in a few years and not to say he'll be a, not to guarantee that he'll be a star. He very well could be though. But, but these are definitely guys, him and PJ Walker are guys that teams and quarterback needy situations, I think will at the very least take a look at and kind of weigh their options with them because these are guys who can play. These guys are ballers and we've seen yeah. it. And obviously there, obviously there's a talent discrepancy from the X to the NFL, but these are guys. So I have a question for you, Henry. Who do you think, out of PJ Walker and Jordan Tiamu, is going to make a bigger next step in the NFL? Like who's going to who's going to make that big jump in terms of their level of play? I think just because of the scenario, I think probably PJ Walker. Okay. I mean, you just look at you just look at, I, and, and this is not a slight against Jordan Tiamu in any way, but Walker felt Walker walked into quite literally the perfect situation, in my opinion. He's going in to camp. He's not expected to start, so he's really got no... There's no pressure on him, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, obviously, same for Tiamu, but in Carolina, Matt Rule is obviously the new coach down in Charlotte for the Panthers. Rule was Walker's coach at Temple. I mean, Walker took his game... 
to another level when he went to Temple, played under Rule, and Rule is a big reason why Walker turned heads in in Indianapolis with the Colts scout team and why he obviously turned heads in Houston this past season. And I think Carolina, he's got a great, great choice. And he's got a, excuse me, he's got a great chance to go in and make an impact right off. I am going to completely disagree with you. I think Jordan Tayamu is in the perfect situation over there in Kansas City next season. Because when you're learning from a guy like Patrick Mahomes and a coach like Andy Reid, you're learning how to, as I've heard a million times when anyone talks about Andy Reid, break the rules of defensive coverages. And to be a great quarterback in the NFL, that's exactly what you need to know how to do. And I think he's learning from a gunslinger just like Patrick Mahomes. He's got the coaching, and he's got the weapons over there to make him look good so that he can go get another job in the future. I don't think the Chiefs is going to be his end-all, be-all. I really think that he's going to go get a starting job somewhere soon. You know what? I actually I, compl- I did not think about that. Damn. I, you know what? <laughs> Ooh. Spencer, you might have just changed my mind. Let's go. <laughs> you might have just changed my mind. I mean. Get out of here, PJ Walker. That is. Hey, I'm on time. I, th- I think PJ will succeed. I think PJ nah, will he'll be good. Will he'll, he'll be good, but I think Tayamu's going to end up being the wow. better of the two. Ooh. I mean, I think you're right. I mean. Wow. I mean, you're right. I mean, just for the viewers out there, that is the first time that Henry has ever been changed on his own argument. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, you're not wrong that 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 I think that very well is the first. I mean, I thought the Bears were going to win the Super Bowl up until like week seven of this year. The only other person that has been able to change Henry's mind about anything is Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) <laughs> you're not wrong but no I, that's i mean that is i mean i mean the fact that i actually you know what spencer, spencer you changed my mind i think tayamu this this has to be the it has to be right obviously obvious yes i mean obviously you just mentioned it all andy reed i mean andy reed has unlocked unbelievable play out of quarterbacks to think. I mean, think about the opportunities Andy Reid has gotten, guys. Andy Reid got so much out of Brett Favre. He got so much out of... He made Donovan McNabb look good. He made Donovan McNabb look like an elite quarterback. Donovan McNabb, for all football fans who are even familiar with McNabb, Donovan McNabb is not... He was a average to below average quarterback for a very long time who looked like who a star, looked like a star looked like because a star. of how Andy Reid constructed his offense. Andy, I, I mean, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is co- absolutely incredible. Oh, he's on a completely but, different level. That's why they won a Super Bowl. But exactly. But Pat Mahomes is not at the level he is at without. Absolutely Andy not. Reed. You're completely right. I mean, I, this is that has to be the perfect 
That's how I see it. Situation for Tate. I see it as a perfect learning situation to become a great quarterback in the NFL. And Spencer, I got. I'm, we're gonna. I gotta. We're gonna end this with one final question, as we always do normally with our shows. I know we do one on one, but obviously, I don't think we have enough to critique. But I got one burning question for you. Where do you think Cam Phillips is going to end up? But where do you think he would be the best fit? So, I think he is going to end up going to Seattle as a number two to D- DK Metcalf over okay. there. I think he would be a really good fit for that run-and-gun offense, that physical-looking uh, wide receiver type that they have over there in Seattle. I think they mm-hmm. would eat him up over there. Russell Wilson would love him mm-hmm. on the quick slant. But yeah, I think in terms of a best fit, I would really honestly like to see him in a Carolina Panthers uniform. I think that you don't break up that chemistry between him and P.J. Walker if P.J. Walker ends up working out. And worst case scenario, you have a really good wide receiver for Teddy Bridgewater to work with, especially because that Carolina Panthers uh, wide receiver core is not great at the moment. So I think he could yeah, really add something really valuable to that team over there. Hmm. Interesting. I think, I think a team that would make a lot of sense for Kim Phillips – is the New Orleans Saints. Mm. And the Saints have already like the Saints have already dove into the XFL market. They obviously signed Dietrich Nichols. You mentioned that mm. earlier. But I think I think Phillips I think Phillips would be perfect in New Orleans. And here's why. Obviously coming from the XFL, it is a little bit you're kind of like you're you're viewed as a project no matter how good you've yeah. been. And I think Phillips with him obviously very good player. Yes. Go to New Orleans, and you got Michael Thomas at one. They just added Emmanuel Sanders. You got another. You got a speed guy at two. I think Cam Phillips would fit in perfectly in the three, kind of like PJ Walker. No pressure. So you think they would throw him in a slot situation as a slot receiver? Um, I think they'd play with it. I mean, I think Emmanuel Sanders is versatile, and they could shift him around. But I think. Cam Phillips, Cam Phillips can obviously play the slot, and I think Phillips, they might, he could play outside, he can play inside, and I think New Orleans would be a very, very good fit for him because obviously, one, who doesn't want to have Drew Brees throwing them the football? You're getting a perfect pass every time you get the football, you know that. Exactly. But the problem is with New Orleans is that he's going to get lost in that offense because Drew Brees loves Michael Thomas, and. They're on a completely different level when it comes to just knowing where you're going to be at what time and what ball you're about to get. Like, those two have a chemistry like I have never seen before in the NFL. So it's going to be really hard to – I'm not saying he's going to outshine him, but to compete with a Michael Thomas on a New Orleans Saints team, that's the only flaw I have with that. It would definitely be tough. Yes. And I I think – But it it would make him a better player. Do I think we're a place where he could realistically end up that's most likely? I, I think it's realistic he could end up with the Saints, but a place where I think he would he might he actually might just get to stay home. Realistically, I think Houston would be another yeah. place where he could drop in. Obviously, Bill O'Brien just traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, say what you want about that trade, but <laughs> you know, he's gone and that's all that matters. 
the the only receivers I think the that the Texans have right now are Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Kiki Kiki Kuti, and Joe Webb. So that wide receiver room is wide open. Yeah. It is wide open. So I think for different reasons, I think Houston and um, I think Houston and New Orleans are the two best fits and places where Phillips could end up for totally different reasons. I think New Orleans, obviously, you're getting you're going to get limited. You're going to get limited uh, targets, limited cat, limited numbers, limited balls thrown your way. But when you do get it, you're going to make the best of it. Exactly. Well, in Houston, it's kind of like you're playing with a ragtag group of receivers. Obviously, you have Deshaun Watson, but you're playing with a group of guys who there's competition, and there's going to be, and you're all kind of battling it out for that number one receiver. Team. Yeah, so you know that's definitely going to raise the competition level. So I could definitely see Houston or even New Orleans, honestly, as a potential landing spot for him. But it's sad to see him go from the XFL, honestly. I'm miss it him is. next season. It is. But but like you said, but like you said, Spencer, I mean, that's kind of that's the deal with the XFL. I mean, guys, that's what it's going to be. Stars are going to be coming in and out at, at each year, and I mean, obviously, sad to see the guys we love go, but. Ain't nothing wrong with having new guys come in and succeed. Got to get me a PJ Walker jersey before it blows up in the NFL. I might have to as well. <laughs> but Spencer, that's all the time we got for today. And hopefully we'll be back next week. So trying to get the rest of the guys on board so we can do this thing remotely. Yeah, we'll get it going. But we'll get it going. So we will see you guys in the very near future. Thank you for listening. I'm Henry Schleiser alongside Spencer Gustafson. This case of the XFL Files is closed, and we will hopefully see you next week. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. No, you see my text, baby, please say something. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? Gotta move on my release day, huh? This is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth. Baby, got an ego twice the size of the crib. I can never tell it, it is what it is. Said what I had to and did what I did. Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid. Virgil got the paddock on my wrist, doing front flips. Giving you my number, but don't hit me on no dunk. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist, going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us.